Welcome to Listen Up People, a podcast of the USC Susan Dwork Peck School of Social Work. I am Dr. Ruth C. White, a clinical associate professor there. And today I want to talk about affirmative action. And having this conversation right now is very timely because last week, um, June 16th, actually, the Board of Regents at the University of California have voted unanimously to repeal proposition, well, to bring back affirmative action to um, the evaluation of students for admissions to the University of California system. Um, for those of you who don't know, Proposition 209 was passed in 1996. And what it did was it removed consideration of gender and race in the admissions process. Now, here is the challenge that has always been, is that people feel that affirmative action lowers the bar for people of color or for women, as if somehow white men are just naturally smarter, more ambitious, and more prepared for the rigor of um, higher education. We all know that is not true. We also know that without conscious consideration of race and gender, there is an unconscious recognition of race and gender because race and gender impact are, are the education that we get in the United States of America. Um, there's lots of data to support the fact that government spends less on, on schools that are predominantly African-American than schools that are predominantly white. There is a resource gap. If, you, if we are a poor rural student, whether white or black, you are less likely to have access to things like laptops and to have access to the internet. We know this. And so because of the higher rates of poverty for communities of color due to, you know, hundreds of years of systemic racism, there is not an equal playing field. So I will share an example of, of this at play. Two years after I arrived in the United States from Canada, I was a doctoral student at the University of California, Berkeley in the School of Social Welfare. And I was the student representative to the doctoral committee, which was mostly faculty. Now, they were, let's just say one of the incoming classes was not very diverse. It was basically a group of white women. And well, first let me just say that my incoming, the class before mine, what had been the first in something like 17 years to include an African-American. So for 17 years, there were no African-American incoming students at, in the doctoral program at UC Berkeley School of Social Welfare. Now, you're not gonna tell me that's because there were no qualified black social workers. However, let's get back to the main part of this story. So we were in this meeting and there was some concern about the lack of diversity in the incoming class. And what I overheard someone say was that it was hard to find Latino students. Now, this was in California. And I, the, you know, somewhat naive Canadian bursts out, well, also because I don't necessarily always stay quiet. I said, well, how could this be that you can't find Latino students in California? If you can't find them in California, where are you going to find them? Well, me and my big mouth um, then led to me being 
asked to recruit students of color for um, UC Berkeley School of Social Welfare. And so I went along the West Coast from San Diego all the way to Seattle doing recruiting for students. Now, this was after Prop 209 passed. And what I would hear students of color say when they would come up to me and say, wait a minute, are you at the University of California, uh, Berkeley School of Social Welfare? And I was like, yes, I am. And they said they didn't think that the environment was welcoming students of color. So they simply did not apply because they didn't think that they would get in. Now, because they looked at the student body, they looked at the professors, didn't see anybody that looked like them and decided that, well, I guess this is not some place for me to be. What was also interesting is that at the time I was also studying in the School of Public Health at UC Berkeley. And they asked me if while I was out there recruiting for the School of Social Welfare, if I would do the same for the School of Public Health. And I think this really gets at the challenge of what affirmative action is about. It's about leveling the playing field. It's about considering the fact, right, of where you recruit for uh, students, but also where you recruit for jobs. There are lots of tech companies that do not go to um, Afrotech. Afrotech has 10,000 African-Americans who show up in the Bay Area um, who work in the fields of tech. And so when people say they can't find black people to hire, then I'm wondering where are they looking? Have they gone to a HBCU? Have they gone to places in the country that are predominantly African-American? Or are they fishing in the pools that are so white that the only candidates you are gonna find are white? So that's my comment for today about affirmative action and about the role it has in higher education as a way to make more equitable a system of racism that has been in uh, the United States for hundreds of years. So thank you for listening. If you want to be a part of more discussion around race and equity, I will be in discussion with Dr. Terrence Fitzgerald on July 7th on avoiding the unavoidable, race and equity in education. For more information, please visit the events calendar at dewarkpec.usc.edu. Thank you for listening. Thank you.